Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. Mark, it's great to be with you this week. It's good to be with you, Wayne. We're going to be talking about a subject that I think is so important for parents to understand. When kids are faced with difficulty and hardship, they have a tendency to respond in one of three different ways. That is, they either fight, flight, or freeze. And so we're going to talk about that today. All right. Fight, flight, or freeze. Say that 10 times real time fast. (laughs) Now, we often talk about how parents respond to these situations, but today from the teen's point of view, huh? That's right. You know, I think if parents understand what a child is doing, if they begin to understand that there is motive behind flight when they take off or they run away or they become reclusive, or if there is something happening beyond the depression, they get a better understanding. And with a better understanding, it changes your response and the way you engage with your child. You know, if it, if you're just going to, if they begin to fight and you fight with them, or if they run away and then you run away from them, or they freeze and become depressed and you do the same in dealing with issues, you're not going to resolve anything or move to a better place. All right, let's get into today's topic. Our teens, when they're faced with difficult situations, they fight, they take flight, or they freeze. That's right. You know, it's one of those three. And, and I mean, I think you see that. And, and in, even talking about one of the bigger issues that we see with kids today, especially guys, is their anger. Hmm. It is just absolutely amazing how this anger response to so many things in the world that are happening around them, they display it in such a way that it is just killing mom and dad. I mean, hmm. it's almost like they they deal with all this pressure at school or out there in the workplace if they're working, and then they come home and they just dump on mom and dad and feel like that's okay to do. Yeah. Well, to illustrate that, listen to this email we received from a listener. Our son has reoccurring bouts of extreme anger, notably when denied use of Xbox for talking rudely to other participants. This can go on for 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Bouts include cursing, name-calling of parents, aggressive and sometimes challenging or threatening behavior. He even punched a hole in the wall last night. However, he's an A-B student, basketball starter, has no problems at school with behavior or skipping, no known use of alcohol or drugs. This is the anger you're talking about. It is. It's the exact anger that I'm talking about. I think kids are building up uh, at school and are trying to keep it all together. And, you know, Christian kids get pretty angry. We hold them to a higher standard. We hold them to values and principles. We want them to develop a moral compass. There's nothing wrong with that. But the implementation of that into the life of a child, it becomes difficult in the life of a child to uphold those standards when they are constantly being pushed against at school. And so a child does well to hold it together. You know what? You know, for those people who don't know what an Xbox is, it's a video game unit that you can put on your TV. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a PlayStation. Uh, You know, kids come home, they play these games. You know why I think— They're very competitive, aren't they? They're very competitive, but it engages— them in one way that allows them to escape from the pressures that they feel. I think it's uh, almost a healthy way of coping. Now, a lot of kids can go out and do other things, but I think a lot of these kids 
need something where they can relax. It's kind of like us watching TV. I know that when I'm stressed, I like to watch something that's funny just because it gets my mind off of everything else and I can just laugh and watch it. I can watch the Discovery Channel (laughs) and enjoy watching animals around the world and I relax. Well, kids need a place to do that. So they play Xbox and PlayStation and all these things. And when you take that away from them, you're taking away their coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at it as a little bit different than how we looked at it. When I was growing up, you couldn't get into an arcade unless you were 21. And everybody thought that video games were evil. Well, now they're commonplace in in households across this country. And, And I think kids rely on that as a way to escape and perhaps to relax a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that somebody needs to be on an Xbox for 10 hours a day. (laughs) They would be if they could be. Absolutely, within limitations, and and you've got to set those boundaries. But I think that that it's evident that this child, something is going on that is stirring him. If, If there's really an anger problem, then it would be happening at school and at home at the same time. For some reason, he's unleashing at home. Now, you can't condone any act of violence, but you do have to draw the line, especially when it comes to physical abuse. Absolutely. I, and I tell parents, and, and, and people hate hearing this sometimes, I would tell a child if it ever gets physical or if you're ever destroying property. Well, punching a hole in the wall is... Is, is that. Yeah, you're you heading know? that direction, aren't you? Either that or make your walls thicker, you know, and <laughs> yeah, let them break their hand. Hurt. <laughs> yeah, and they'll quit. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, there really is that side. You you do it so that so that they're damaging themselves and, and they learn real quick, wait a minute, you don't want to do that because the pain is greater by coping with situations that way. But when it becomes physical within the home to siblings, to animals, to parents, we will call the police, you know, and, and I would just say, let a child know that up front. It's just, you're just going to have to do it one time, and the child will learn fast. All right. That's the first response in teens often is to fight uh, through that's anger. Right. The second response is to take flight, just to plain old run away. That's huh? right. I'd rather get away from it. I mean, if, if home becomes that place that it, it is so tense, then I'd rather just leave and go someplace where I can relax. And where is that? It's usually around other people going through the same thing that I'm going through because there's a sense of understanding. There's a, a welcoming uh, to come in, and I'm not being challenged anymore. More. Sometimes that is the release that kids need. That's why I tell parents all the time, correct your kids on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and relax on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And on Sunday, give it a rest. <laughs> Provide the opportunity for kids to, to be able to rest at home and have a retreat from the pressures of life so that they know I can go home. That scripture that says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. This is your kids. You know, come to me. Hmm. So I, when they come to me, I want them to come in such a way that they know they will find rest, not more judgment or condemnation or more challenge. I want them to know that there's peace, that we can stop and and affirm the relationship. Sometimes they don't physically run away. They don't. But they run away emotionally. emotionally. Yeah. That's when they just shut down. You know, they may just quit talking. They may go to their room and spend hours in the room. They may want to be alone. They may be struggling with some things. And if it continues along that pattern, that's where you're going to need some other help to come in and, and say, you know what, we need to sit down and talk with somebody because this is not normal. Here's another email from a listener. Our daughter ran away twice in the same week. We found her yesterday. She says she doesn't want to live with us anymore, wants to go to foster care. She hates us. She's disrespectful, thinks only of herself with no regard for how her actions hurt us. Oh, I know. And this tears parents apart. I mean, I want to child that you've so loved is is looking at you going, I hate you, and I'd rather be in foster care. 
you know, I would say the message behind it is something greater than, than what she's really saying, because I would say, what is the pressure that is so great? Are parents holding her to a standard, and there's nothing wrong with holding them to a standard, but is it so difficult in their social world that she can't live up to that standard, and so she looks at herself as a failure. And so if she's a failure, she'd rather be around other people that are a failure, or she may want to be around people that don't expect so much of her that where she doesn't have to be a failure any longer. Do they sometimes get the feeling that this is the way to punish mom and dad? I don't know whether it's intentional that. They're just looking for some release. I mean, they want to take the path of least resistance. I see very few kids that say, let's lash out at mom and dad and have some payback. I think they want to live a calm life. I mean, you have to understand, these kids are in a pressure cooker in a culture that is moving almost directly opposite of what we long for for our kids. And so the friction that's caused is in their life, and they're feeling the rub a lot more than we are. Hey, I want to tell you about an online course that I think can turn around the crisis that you're facing in your family with your teen. It's online, and we call it our Families in Crisis course. And you get to pay whatever you want to view it. This four-hour course will help you understand the impact that this culture is having on your teen and share with you some very practical ways that you can engage with your child on a different level to help them get to a place that they want to go and keep them from ending up in a place where they never want to visit. I sat down, turned on the camera, and shared the content of what I share at all of our Families in Crisis conferences that we hold here on the Heartlight Campus in Longview, Texas. So if you can't attend one of those conferences in person, then take advantage of this opportunity to make those changes that you'd like to see in your family. And I'll share how to make those happen. This could just be the best decision you've ever made, to put some new tools in your parenting toolbox to equip you with wise counsel and practical insights how you can connect with your disconnected teen. To get this course, go to thecrisiscourse.com. That's called thecrisiscourse.com. It'll change the way you parent, and it might just change the heart of the teen that is causing the crisis in your family. We're talking about how kids respond to issues in their life, and you've characterized three things that they typically do. Yeah, I mean, they have a tendency to either fight and become angry or, or to take flight and run away from those things. They feel like the world is so overwhelming. They feel like they are so underprepared that they just don't feel like they can function, and so they kind of turn inward. And, uh, and in the midst of turning inward, they kind of eliminate things on the outside. What do you mean by freeze? Well, freeze just means I stop. You know, I, I don't want to move ahead. It's sometimes easier to stay in the position I'm in. I shut down. I go to a dark place. I, I, I'm in a continual state of rest. It may be that I sleep all the time. So those are kind of maybe warning signs they that parents are ought to be watching signs. for? Yeah, when you see a, a child start disengaging from kids, I mean, and, and here's the point. Every one of us is created to be relational. 
So when you see a child that is moving away from relationships of peers, something is going on. That's an indicator. If they're not engaging with other people, and, and girls have a real tough time with this, I think. They go off to seventh and eighth grade, and they go to school thinking they're little princesses, and they come home getting beat up, uh, realizing they're not as maybe special as they were raised to, to think about themselves, and that is a very difficult time. So what do they do? They fight. You know, and they fight among all the other girls. They take flight. They run away from everybody and get into their own cliques. Or they become very depressed because they say, you know what? This world isn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I'm just going to pull myself away from it. And this is the time also that a lot of kids pull themselves away from a relationship with Christ. Hmm. I mean, they're, they're told that, you know, I came that you have life and that you may have it abundantly. You are a new creation. You know, the old has passed away. It's about newness and the goodness of life. I will turn your mourning into dancing, your sadness into joy, your ashes into beauty. They know those scripture. And then they get into adolescence and they find out, this is terrible. How would God do this? Why would we memorize all this stuff and learn all this stuff? And my parents teach me all these things. And now I'm living life. And this is supposed to be the good years. And I am pathetically miserable. That's where a child starts to become somewhat depressed. When you talk about our teens freezing, I thought of this email we received from a parent who says our daughter struggles with anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. She's also diagnosed with an eating disorder. We've seen some improvements, but she still keeps repeating the same behaviors concerning relationships, etc., What should we do? Yeah, you know what they should do is something different than what they're doing. I mean, and I say that not in a negative way. If it's not working then change it and do something different. You know, a couple of words in their eating disorder. It's usually some child wanting to fit in with somebody else, and I think we use that word a lot in a diagnosis of a child who may be losing weight or not eating. I I don't know whether it's a qualified eating disorder because I'm not a medical doctor and can't make that diagnosis, but I see a lot of kids, it's that time that they say, I need to start losing weight, I need to look different. Or it's a time also that they say, I want to control my life because I feel like it's spinning out of control. An eating disorder is serious, folks. It is not something to play around. If you think that your child has an eating disorder, you better get help now before it gets worse. And I'm not saying help by reading a book. Don't buy my books thinking that that you're going to solve an eating disorder by reading or getting any of our resources. You need medical intervention, and you need it now before it gets worse. None of these, whether our teens fight or take flight or freeze, none of them can be ignored. They They, can't They they need to be taken seriously. Oh, they are. They're very serious. I mean, a child running away or starting to fight, I mean, you can get locked up for fighting. Running away poses a great sense of danger, and depression poses a great sense of danger. Most kids that I know that have committed suicide, nobody ever knew that they were going to do that. I mean, people around them said, we had no idea. That is the continual statement. And so when you have a child that is depressed, they're one step closer to that. They're kind of rejecting life saying, wait a minute, I can't get out of this. And I think there's some medical things. Now, you need to come to some conclusions, mom and dad, about what you think about medication and talk to your doctor about that. Talk to your pastor about that. Medications for depression are far different than they were 20 years ago. And don't be afraid to help your child. If they had a headache, 
Would you give them aspirin to help them? Would you give them ibuprofen or Tylenol or Advil? I think most people would say, well, sure I would. Okay, if your child is depressed and is going into this dark place, get some help medically because there's some medical and physiological things going on that somebody needs to intervene. And you can feed them all the celery and broccoli and salad you want to boost up their serotonin levels. Get some help. In our final minute, uh, once we have uh, come to grips with the fact that our teen is responding one of these three ways, how do we help them see that? That's right. You know, it's a, and that's a great question, Wayne. I think we sit down and start addressing the issues. Son or daughter, whoever that is, you know, we're, we need to talk about this anger thing because we can't do this anymore. There's some boundaries that need to be set. If these things happen, this is where we'll go. You know, perhaps we need to find a counselor. Sweetheart, if you're running away, I can't allow that to happen. You're going to be placed somewhere where you can't run away. And I don't want that to happen. I want you to be at home. But we need to work on the problems. If it is me, then tell me it's me so I know what to work on. If it's just you, then let's figure that out. But we need to come to some conclusion somewhere. This usually takes somebody else's intervention to help give direction to a child that's running away. They are looking for something. They're not finding it at home. And so you need to provide somebody else that they can connect with so they don't have to keep running away to find it. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.